Q&A Holes podcast presents The Sea Report for Wednesday, February 17th, 2021. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another edition of The Sea Report here on Anchor.fm and Spreaker. You are listening to The Sea Report from QAholspodcast.com. I'm your host, Mr. C, having a great Wednesday evening. We'll be on in a little bit at 9 p.m. tonight on the E6W Network, QA Holes Podcast, live Wednesday call in show. But before we get going, a moment of silence for Rush Limbaugh. All right, and uh, yes, indeed, uh, our condolences go out to the Limbaugh family. He has passed after a uh, long battle with cancer. Um, But getting into the headlines, not to be deterred uh, by the loss today to the Republican and the Patriot community out there. Um, We'll go right into the headlines. This one's from the Gateway Pundit. President Trump is right. McConnell's family is knee-deep in China. He has no business leading the Republican Party in the Senate. President Trump is right. Mitch McConnell and his family have serious conflicts of interest based on their dealings with China alone. Yesterday, President Trump responded to Senator McConnell's recent outlandish attacks on President Trump. McConnell said all sorts of things since the election, showing he is more on the side of the corrupt and evil Democrats than on the side of Trump voters and working Americans. McConnell's family is knee-deep in China. The World Tribune reported in 2018 in a panic Following the election victory of Donald Trump, China appointed the sister-in-law of U.S. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell to the Bank of China's Board of Directors. The author of a new book on the monetizing of political influence said, Angela Cho was named to the Bank of China's Board of Directors just 10 days after Trump's victory, said Peter Schweitzer, author of Secret Empires, How the American Political Class Hides Corruption and Enriches Family and Friends. Angela Cho was named to the Bank of China's Board of Directors just 10 days after Trump's victory. Cho and McConnell's father-in-law, James Cho, also sat also sit on the board of the China State Shipbuilding Corporation, which is the largest defense contractor in China. So when Donald Trump gets elected in 2016, China is in a panic. 
So one of the things that happens is they appoint really the first American or only the second foreigner to the Bank of China, Schweitzer said on the April 23rd edition of Sirius XM's Breitbart News Tonight. Now, the Bank of China is government-run, government-controlled, is sort of the backbone of the Chinese government's economic diplomacy around the world. Ten days after Donald Trump is elected, they put Elaine Cho's sister, Mitch McConnell's sister-in-law, on the board of directors of the fourth largest bank in the world, which is run by the Chinese communist government. It's a shocking development. And again, unprecedented in American history that you would have a senior political leader have immediate family members that are sitting on the board of a foreign government-owned business. Schweitzer noted, So Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, his wife, Elaine Cho, who's the Transportation Secretary in the Trump administration, her family has deep economic and financial ties to the Chinese government itself. They are in the shipping business, and they own something called the Foremost Group. And really, in 1993, Mitch McConnell, as a senator, travels to China with his father-in-law, James Cho, as guests of the China State Shipbuilding Corporation. The Bank of China has a huge building in the heart of Hong Kong, known for iconic lights at night. Yes, indeed, it seems that Mitch McConnell, former Senate Majority, now Minority Leader, is in deep with the Bank of China, and therefore the Communist Party of China. Now try chewing on that fat. Let's follow up with another article. Kentucky County demands Mitch McConnell resigns as Republican Senate leader. This from Jack Phillips. A county Republican party in Kentucky demanded that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, McConnell resign as leader after his comments on the Senate floor over the past weekend. I do not take this action lightly and understand the ramification in doing so, says a written statement by Nelson County GOP head Don Thrasher released on Tuesday, noting that he received Trump's statements about McConnell's leadership. As the highest ranking Republican in that position, you are de facto leader of the National Republican Party. The overwhelming number of Republicans in Nelson County are not on your side on this issue, and I speak on their behalf, he says, writing that McConnell's leadership does not represent the Republican voters that put our faith in you in the last primary election before asking the Senate Republican leader to resign. Now let's pause in this article here and let's just say, hey, Mr. Uh... Mr. So-and-so, Mr. Thrasher, how would you feel if you knew that uh, Mitch McConnell's daughter-in-law served on the bank of China? The fourth largest bank in the world, the Communist Party. Mmm, how would you feel about that? 
And I apologize, that's his sister-in-law. Even closer. Sister-in-law. Mitch McConnell's sister-in-law. So think about that, Mr. Thrasher. Now, they're asking for Biden to resign. The article continues. The Epic Times reached out to McConnell's office for comment after Trump's statement was published. McConnell has not issued a public response. The Nelson County Republican Party censured McConnell last month over the GOP leader's comments on the Senate floor in condemning Trump's speech to supporters on January 6th. On Tuesday evening, Trump released a statement via his Save America PAC and called on Republican senators to abandon McConnell and threaten primary challenges to Republican incumbents. Where necessary and appropriate, I will back primary rivals who espouse making America great again and our policy of America first, the commander-in-chief says in a written statement. The former president also touched on McConnell's family ties to China via his wife Elaine Cho, whose family owns a shipping business that reportedly has close connections with the country. McConnell has no credibility on China because of his family, substantial Chinese business holdings, says Trump in the statement. Also in the statement, Trump point, paints McConnell out as out of touch with the GOP's voter base. McConnell, he says, is responsible for Republicans losing the Senate because he wouldn't support Trump's proposal for $2,000 stimulus checks. Democrats then weaponized Trump's demand and used the $2,000 stimulus payments as a campaign proposal, according to the former president's statement. McConnell wrote a Wall Street Journal op-ed following the impeachment effort suggesting that Trump was the one who was responsible for the Republican Senate's majority loss. Georgia was a fiasco, McConnell writes. We all know why that occurred. Although he voted to acquit Trump during the Senate impeachment trial, McConnell suggested that Trump could face civil or criminal penalties for his speech to supporters on January 6th. January 6th was a shameful day. A more bloody law enforcement and besieged the first branch of government. American citizens tried to use terrorism to stop democratic proceedings they disliked, McConnell says in the article. There is no question former President Trump bears moral responsibility. His supporters formed the Capitol because of the unhinged falsehoods he shouted into the world's largest megaphone. He continues. His behavior during and after the chaos was also unconscionable from attacking Vice President Mike Pence during the riot praising the criminals after it ended. Well, we really didn't need to hear from Cocaine McConnell, but I mean, since after all, um, you know, we didn't need to. I just thought I'd do a little parody of his voice. All right, that's the news from Trump. He gave that scathing letter and also a letter to his uh, base, I think, in tandem when uh, he released that via his pack 
yesterday, as reported, on the seaport and uh, found online in the aggregates. The news continues. So through and through, we have Democrats, um, such as the Democrat impeachment managers who just call Trump a liar and then lie in front of everyone else and the American people and uh, about evidence on a trial to uh, people like Republicans such as Mitch McConnell or even Burr, who would uh, Burr, who would uh, vote uh, to say that the trial is unconstitutional, but then who would vote to convict the president of inciting a riot, you'll have them continue to say that this was all Trump's fault in spite of evidence that goes to show otherwise, that goes to show that there may have been a bigger picture, a bigger scheme going on that entire day. And who knows, maybe uh, Trump called for this final, uh, final, um, final rally, this final MAGA million march, not just to show Washington, D.C., the power of the support for the United States Constitution and the love of this country that people have for what it stands for and what it means to them and their families, but also to expose some of these really final deep players, the ones that kind of pull the strings behind the bombs, the ones that make the videos that they use in their uh, their trials and hearings and impeachment hearings, <clears throat> the ones that um, supply and offer an outlet for rioters like Antifa and BLM, the ones who... Uh, really did support the downfall of this country. Maybe President Trump took a step back to allow them to expose themselves even more, believing that they are now in control, but all eyes indeed are upon them. Well, this next headline goes to show that... uh, could be more so the case. We have more and more evidence coming out that there were more people involved on the far left and the far right who were looking to breach the Capitol that day um, and use the Trump Mega Million March rally as cover for whatever their plans were. This article, Son of Prominent Con, uh, son of prominent conservative leader Basel, arrested in connection with capital siege. Leo Brent Basel IV, the son of the conservative leader L. Brent Basel III, is facing federal charges in connection with the January 6th breach of the U.S. Capitol. Basel is charged with obstructing an official proceeding entering a restricted building and disorderly conduct according to a federal complaint unsealed Tuesday. The official affidavit includes photos and videos that appear to show Basel inside of the U.S. Capitol building, including the Senate chambers. At least one photo shows Basel wearing a sweatshirt emblazoned with a logo for a Christian school at which he once coached girls basketball, according to the Huffington Post. 
His father founder, his father founder, who founded the Media Research Center and uh, conservative groups, has condemned the riot, saying, "You can never countenance police being attacked. You cannot countenance our national capital breached like this. I think it's absolutely wrong." according to newsbusters so yeah and uh i mean the article doesn't go on to say why this guy was trying to breach the capital but it does show that uh you know this basel guy um you know where's his stance on the matters with politics and stuff like that because if this basel guy and I do apologize for speaking out of turn, but if this Basel guy is someone who's a never-Trumper, well, why was his son trying to breach this capital? And, you know, I, I have not heard of conservative leader Basel personally, but if this Basel guy, and forgive me for showing my ignorance, but if this Basel guy is a forever-Trumper, well, what's the deal with his son? You know, and then I would have to ask, you know, who does his son talk to? Where is he connected? Uh, is he getting paid from somewhere? And where is he getting paid from? Because most oftentimes it is when you follow the money that you find out exactly what the uh, motives could be. Now, here's another one. Now, you'll remember the other night I had um, actually uh, made a comment in regards to uh, Officer Brian Sicknick. Because one of the articles I was sharing with you from the aggregate uh, went on to say that he had been, in fact, uh, he had been, he had died. You know, he's one of those who had died due to the breach of the Capitol. And in fact, many reporters and news outlets, corporate, CNN, well, I don't mean to call out any uh, any outlet by name specifically, but they were one of them. Legacy media, corporate media, news, all went on to report that this man died because of the breach at the Capitol and the riot on the uh, electoral 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 vote false flag. I think that's what I'm going to call it: the electoral vote false flag, or the uh, insurgent false flag. Capital insurgency false flag. Something like that. That's what this was. Um, but uh, needless to say, uh, Brian Sicknick did not die because of the uh, insurrection day false flag. I don't know. He didn't die there. He did not get he did not get hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. He did not get beaten by Trump supporters, as many of the news outlets reported. Um, but let's go ahead and read this article here. Lies about Capitol Officer Brian Sicknick ominously foreshadowed Democrats' truth commission. It is plain to anyone with eyes to see that in this nation, justice is not being equally applied. People don't think this is a problem. They are part of it. This is by Joy Pullman. Democrats call for an indefinite commission to investigate the non-leftist capital riot should prepare you for another multi-year Russia collusion hoax. 
style narrative with intricate webs of players, evidence, and lies. One of the key facts in this accelerated use of police powers against Democrats' political opposition is the death of Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick. As Tristan Justice explained Monday, Democrats used Sicknick's death in the afternoon of the riot to help construct their narrative of murderous Trump-supporting thugs attempting an insurrection. Five people died related to the January 6th violence, including Sicknick. Three died of medical emergencies, not violence. One, Ashley Babbitt, was a rioter shot by police as she attempted to enter the Speaker's lobby inside the Capitol. Sicknick is the only death that could directly implicate the rioters in murder. We can expect that the lies and cover-ups that already occurred have have already occurred related to his death will be magnified across every other fact related to these events. This possibly comp- uh, this possibly comprises a major purpose of the 9/11 commission Democrats are demanding. If their history of running this play with every single major investigation since the Obama years is any indication, Russia Gate, Benghazi Gate, Fast and Furious Gate, Brett Kavanaugh Gate, Ukraine Gate, Crossfire Hurricane Gate, Impeachment 1 Gate and Impeachment 2 Gate, Hunter Biden Gate, you name it. They have squandered more than enough public faith for no one to believe their claims until they stop systematically and compulsively lying for political gain. As Byron York notes, this is already happening, giving the lie to Democrats' pretense they care about finding the truth. Significant parts of the Capitol riot are now shrouded in official secrecy, and the existence of multiple investigations will only make that worse, giving officials an excuse not to speak publicly because there is an active investigation going on. In this environment of constant manipulation of facts to control public perception, truth becomes all the more important to seek and find. This is another reason the truth about Brian Sicknick's death matters. For truth's sake, therefore, we must recognize there's a difference between dying of a heart attack or of an adverse reaction to pepper spray versus being bludgeoned to death by murderous rioters wielding a fire extinguisher. Laws recognize such distinctions by providing different degrees of culpability for those accused of homicide from manslaughter to premeditated murder. The law recognizes such degrees of criminal activity because they matter. Justice means fitting the punishment as closely as possible to the criminal committed, the crime committed. This requires establishing exactly what the crimes were and were not. Truth thus serves justice because it forms the basis for administering justice. This is why there is such an erosion of justice in our nation, because there is constant, purposeful, politically motivated untruth. Until the lies are restrained, injustice will reign. Very interesting to note, huh? So we can expect to see this if they decide to open up a 9-11 commission, but, you know, 
why the media continues to lie about it, I don't understand. I guess it serves their purpose. But hopefully... Hopefully the family of Brian Sicknick can get out in front of this, maybe. I know the brother has already stated publicly that um, his brother uh, was okay other than having been pepper sprayed and then 24 hours later he's dead so uh, that's just some of the the jazz that's going on now I know when I was there on November 6th I did not hear anything at all about an officer being bludgeoned by Trump supporters I did however hear about a Trump supporter being shot by a Capitol Police officer Um, But on the ground, never heard anything about an officer being killed by Trump supporters. Never heard anything about any kind of violence that was that terrible. And and, I mean, it's not to say that, you know, uh, you know, Ashley Babbitt being shot wasn't terrible. That indeed was a terrible thing. But something so gruesome and and so uh, barbaric as bludgeoning a man to death, that just didn't happen. That just was not the case. And uh, even even his brother seems to indicate that he spoke to um, Officer Signick hours after the siege was over. And the New York Attorney General is at it again. You gotta love this woman. Like, you know, you hear stories about great crime fighters coming out of the state of New York. And I guess considering, you know, the mob was... And whichever mob it was that was there, ha ha ha, uh, was a big factor in New York. You have to have uh, great crime fighters in order for that to, uh, you know, set itself correct. Otherwise you're going to end up like Mexico or something. And, you know, so, you know, but I, I mean, Rudy Giuliani, I guess is an example of one of those great crime fighters, but I was too young to remember anything about Rudy Giuliani other than, you know, towards the tail end of his, uh, of his, uh, residency of his presiding as mayor of New York City that you know he was uh he was um a dictator and he was overreaching and he had a lot of like uh you know um racist policies uh that's the kind of thing that I heard growing up towards the end of it but uh in in later years and in retrospect he's being hailed as one of the greatest uh mayors of new york city ever and one of the greatest crime fighters to come out of new york now we have new york ag letitia james miss letitia james of new york attorney general who is uh the one who opened pandora's jar on um you know killer cuomo the governor of new york Governor Cuomo and called him to task on having reported the wrong numbers, possibly obstructing justice when it came to uh, the deaths that related to the mandate he made to send COVID positive patients into nursing homes, one of five states to do such a thing. And uh, now Letitia James is going after Amazon in this article by Joseph Weber. 
New Yorker AG Letitia James sues Amazon over alleged inadequate COVID safety protections. The New York Attorney General is suing Amazon over allegedly failing to provide adequate COVID safety protections for employees in New York City locations during the pandemic and retaliated against those who raised concerns about working conditions. The case focuses on two Amazon facilities, a large warehouse on Staten Island and a delivery depot in Queens, according to the Associated Press. Attorney General... Attorney General Letitia James in the complaint argues Amazon has failed to properly clean its buildings, conducted inadequate contact tracing for virus cases, and taken swift retaliatory action to silence complaints from workers, the wire service also reports. Amazon's extreme profits and exponential growth rate came at the expense of the lives, health, and safety of its frontline workers, James argued in the complaint filed in New York Supreme Court. Amazon spokesperson Kelly Nante said in response, We don't believe the Attorney General's filing presents an accurate picture of Amazon's industry-leading response to the pandemic. Last week, Amazon preemptively sued James in federal court, attempting to stop her from bringing the charges. The company argued workplace safety is a matter of federal, not state law. The Associated Press also reports. So that's pretty interesting here. You have Miss Letitia James being sued by Amazon in an attempt to stop her from uh, bringing these claims or bringing these uh, charges against them. But still, she went ahead and did so and she's suing them. And I guess they'll look into that. We'll see what happens. We'll see if anything unfolds from that story with Amazon and the New York AG. Now, let's bring another state into focus, Florida who is also seeming to stand on up, and you better believe they should if uh, President Trump is working from the great state of Florida. Uh, Hopefully they've already gotten those tunnels under Disneyland all cleaned out. Florida announces bill targeting big tech's grip on user data and privacy. This by Jordan Davison. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, that's Daddy DeSantis himself, and Republican leaders in the Florida House of Representatives announced legislation Monday meant to curb big tech's power and offer Floridians more options to keep their data private. Status quo has all been a one-way street with big tech where they have all the power. They indicate all of the rules. They take whatever data they want when they want it. And consumers get virtually nothing except the privilege of using their own devices that they've already been paid for. But we can't let go that that go anymore. The governor explained at a press conference. The bill, which DeSantis said has support in both the state House and Senate, affirms Florida uh, residents four main rights to privacy, including the right to know what information companies have obtained about individuals, the right to order the the big tech uh, giants to delete that information, the right to prohibit the companies from selling personal data without permission, and the right to sue if a data breach occurs. We're going to make sure consumers are in the driver's seat to make that decision 
not Silicon Valley or other global companies, which are far more focused on their profits than on your privacy, DeSantis said. If passed, the bill will also force big tech giants to create an opt-out for users, private personal information ranging from user data generated on certain apps to biometric information such as fingerprints, voice recordings, and retinal scans. Your data is tracked and too often is sold. This threat isn't limited to just to the data that you have on the internet, but it ranges to even your most fundamental part of who you are, your DNA. But that doesn't matter to tech companies who sell <clears throat> those to private vendors and often, as is covered in 60 Minutes, foreign entities. Florida House Speaker Chris Sprouls explains, This bill seeks to bring these things into the daylight. It seeks to change the dynamic that exists between our personal privacy and the powers of big tech and big technology. If any of the new terms are violated, the legislation would give both the Florida Attorney General and any individuals in the Sunshine state the ability to bring legal action this bill offers a common sense solution to something that every floridian is dealing with every time that they open their phone or engage in the digital space and our message here to florida to floridians today is this the days where you have no control will soon be over sprouse continues DeSantis previously expressed support for the legislation condemning big tech companies such as Facebook, Twitter, Amazon, Google, and Apple for power abuses, including censorship, deplatforming, and election interference. Big tech has long since abdicated the protection of consumers for the pursuits of profit, DeSantis said in a press conference at the Florida State Capitol at the beginning of February. We can't allow Floridians' privacy to be violated, their voices and even their livelihoods diminished, and their elections interfered with. Well, Daddy DeSantis, to that all I have to say is Godspeed and may a bill like this be represented throughout all 50 states in this here nation, in these here United States of America. Mm -hmm.